0: Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Ben Evenson. Dylan, last week, shared with you guys this great reality. Does anybody remember? Like, could sum it up in two or three words. Four words. Come on. Last week, Dylan shared with you, based on blank enough, you are loved enough oh my gosh right and we confirm this reality we talk about it a whole lot here right we just like ellie had a vision of this like we talk about this all the time how much god loves us and that's really incredibly powerful because god's love is actually equal for every human being that's ever lived on planet earth and that's the great and crazy challenge that blows your mind is the very minute that we begin to try to go like, well, but so-and-so probably doesn't deserve love like that, right? Has anyone ever kind of had that feeling like, you know, you think of like Osama bin Laden and you're like, well, he's beyond, he's beyond, right? We can all find, you know, you look at the Adolf Hitlers of the world, right? Right? That's like essentially the head of Isis and you look at this Kim Kim Jong Un guy, right, in North Korea that's like going to try to like nuke the whole world. Like that's like his goal. Not even like that's not a joke. That's like his goal is to just destroy everybody else, okay? This is a sick-minded human being and God's love is as equal to him as it is to you. And the minute we start to categorize in our own minds that somehow God must love me more than that awful person, we've just cast judgment on God's behalf that isn't even a correct judgment, how foolish are we to think that somehow we've earned some level of love from God more than someone else? Because the reality is none of us stand deserving of God's love, plain and simple. None of us have earned or measured up or lived such a perfect Christian life and gone to church enough, which doesn't help just saying it's a good thing to do, but it doesn't make God love you anymore. And neither does being Hitler make God love you any less. So get that out of your system, and God loves you. What is the problem that exists once you get that revelation and understanding God loves everyone is that guess what? There's a difference between being loved by God and having a relationship with God. what's the difference how many of you buddy everybody we said this and i said this in Lyft on Sunday. how many of you have ever loved someone who didn't know about it <laughs> right yeah ladies yeah justin bieber back when you were little not now oh please yeah no 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 yeah right i watch your facebook anyway i'm just kidding Scarlett Johansson now. And she has no idea that you love her, right? Which means he's to- he loves Scarlett Johansson. That's good. That's a bold man that'll say. Everybody else is like, no, not me. Liars. You all have a celebrity crush. Don't even lie to me, all right? But here's the, I know, now we're getting them all. <laughs> I love it. Anyway. But Damick, Scarlett Johansson has no idea that you love her, And that is, listen, there is no relationship between Scarlett Johansson and Damick Davis. That might be true. It might be someday, but guess what? Right now, she's not responding to his love, therefore there is not relationship. Hey? I'm sorry. That's not a slam on you. I'm just, it's just real. That's, here we go. I'm going to fill in right now my title of tonight's message. It's called Real versus Feel. Oh, snap, right? Here we go. But here's the thing. God actually loves you unconditionally, unbelievably, totally amazing. That doesn't mean you're going to heaven. Because Jesus is incredibly clear in all through the Gospels, God is incredibly clear that without relationship with God, you do not have entry to heaven. And Jesus is very clear that you do not have relationship with God through whatever works. There is one way to have relationship with God, and that is through relationship with his Son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him, not whoever just believes it, it's cool. We're not universalists. There's not a million ways to get to Jesus, to get to God, to be in heaven, to have a relationship with God. There is one. And he came to be like us, to suffer like us, to deal with temptation like us, to face depression like us, to face all kinds of sexual immorality and all the other crap that existed in the world so he could make a way Not by how great we are, but just simply by going, wow, God, you love me, and I want to be part of that. And that is it. That's the definer between being loved by God and having a relationship with God is saying, Jesus, I'm attaching to what you have done for me because I could never have done it myself. And I understand that I can't get to the Father where I want to be in that relationship with the only unconditional love that exists in the entire cosmos So you can't find some other cool, unconditional love option out there. There isn't one. And if there's only one way to get there, then Jesus is it. So here's the deal. There's a difference between what's real and what you might feel. And this is very easily given in every movie you watch, whether it's chick flick, whether it's comedy, whether it's a horror, whether, like, action, is how many of you have experienced a connection in a movie, while watching a movie, you just like you watch a horror movie and you get up to go to the bathroom and you're looking over your shoulder. You're like, "Oh my gosh!" Which is why I don't watch horror movies because I have no connection to fear. I think that's stupid. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm in love, and fear and love don't get along well. So I st- I just keep fear out, and I just get the right. Anyway. But here's the deal. You get what this looks like. You can sit there in front of that movie and go that is so fake. I know that's not real. It's all acting. It's not even real blood, right? It's not even a real knife. It's probably not a real gun. You can go through an entire list of why you know it's not real and still walk to the bathroom terrified that somebody's going to jump up and jump out and kill you. So listen, there's a difference between what's real and what you feel. Even when you know it's not real, you can attach a feeling to something that And you can live your existence according to what you're experiencing in a moment that can be totally outside of actual reality. Therefore, what you're looking at in your daily life when circumstances surround you and this whole false reality that is this flesh and bone and concrete and steel and like grass and trees, this isn't real. Do you get this? This is temporary. Everything you see with your eyes will not last. So what's really real is not what you feel right here or experience right here. It's what you experience when you step out of this physical realm and say, Jesus, I want an encounter that's outside of this physical realm. I want an encounter with what's actually real, what's actually going to last. Because how many of you know your emotions will change about 50 times a week? And if that is real, No wonder we're all losing our minds. It's like, I'm I'm so happy. You could go nuts if you connect your feelings to, oh, that's real. Oh, that's real. Oh, that's real. But how easily do we get completely engulfed in our current physical experience and forget what we've been taught what we know, what we've read in God's word that is actually real. You're loved, you're safe, his promises are for you, he's looking out for you, and you can't be touched. Because it's eternity, it's not right now that matters so much. And I have this video I want to show tonight that kind of connects, and it's, it's not even from, by a Christian thing, it's just a, like secular, but this is like a sociology reality that I want you to pay really close attention to And then I'm going to dive off a little further on this thing. So, roll video. Make it loud. I want it really loud. cool that's that now listen this guy covers like a multitude of things this is like a massive like taking a sip from a fire hose it's like i like It's you're like oh my gosh i have to watch it like 16 times to catch all the little dynamics and i think he nails like 50 things on the head in the most incredible way that we live in this culture that says like everything now right how many of you would have a hard time getting one of these fidget spinners within 24 hours on right? It's like Amazon Prime that thing, right? It's here two days. And like he mentions in there and all this stuff, and it's kind of like we don't wait for very many things in our culture. And I'm not here to bash that realm and that reality, and neither was he. He's looking at it and just going like, look, learn what balance is and learn that things that are actually valuable to your life, the things that actually bring fulfillment and joy and satisfaction to your life require work, They actually require a pressing in, and that's what relationship looks like. Okay, guess what? God loves you unconditionally all the time, and the minute you respond to that love and say, God, I want you, there's relationship that begins, but guess what? That's not it either. It's got to grow. It has to build. You meet a brand new neighbor that moves in down the street, and you're like, oh, they're really nice. I like them. Three years later, you might be the best of friends, but that didn't happen the first day you met them. There is no relationship, and that's the one thing he keys in on here is, like, all this stuff, all of life we learn is, like, fast, 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 except for, what did he say? Job satisfaction and relationships. There's no app for that. We try to substitute it with Facebook and Instagram and be like, look how many friends I have, right? Like... Oh, the statistics are scary on that. It's like they say like 13% of your Facebook friends are actually likely to respond to a major tragedy in your life on Facebook. So you only have 13% of the people who claim who you say are friends are even going to go like, oh, sad face. It's not like but we call that. We're like, oh, we're trying to like fill this thing that we w- desire in relationship with this. These immediate gratification like, oh, look, ad friend. <laughs> look, we just made friendship. Like, how weird is that concept? But look, it's a feeling that doesn't match reality. You know it's not real, but the feeling does something for you. When you post something and you get a hundred likes on it, oh, see, yeah, right? You check back. You're like, oh, I wonder if I'll get to 130. Right? Or four or whatever. It's like whatever you're Whatever your normal scale is, and maybe at one time, four likes on a post was like, yes, I'm loved. You know? But then it's like a year later, you're like, oh, four? Only four people love me? <laughs> you know, like it's the, what it does to your emotions and your feelings, and it brings absolutely no legitimate and real satisfaction. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight is the reality is that God can provide you satisfaction and fulfillment Enough. And he promises it. He talks about it a huge amount in Scripture, and I'm going to re- blaze through a bunch of verses really quick here, so pay really close attention. It says right here, Blessed, in Matthew 5, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be... What? Hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. So it doesn't say, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for riches and wealth, because they and they will be rich and satisfied and happy. It says... Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. It's not saved. Satisfied. Satisfied. We said, okay, do you get this? It's a promise that goes with this, like, counterintuitive reality that's truth. It's like, well, how do you get satisfied? By pursuing more money and more wealth and more friends and more Facebook likes? And we're like, no. The Bible clearly says hunger and thirst for righteousness. What does righteousness mean? Right standing with God. How does that come about? By your good striving and how many times you go to church? No, by submitting yourself completely and saying, God, I can't do this. Empower me. Holy Spirit, I do this in me because I'm lost on my own. That's why I need relationship. And suddenly now the relationship begins to satisfy you because you begin to realize that what you can't do on your own, you can do in relationship with God. And that is fulfilling. It's absolutely true. Okay, we're going to keep on going here. Um, the next one, 1 John four eighteen. It says, there is no fear in love. I love that. It says, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us that we may have confidence on the day. It says, because in this world we are like him, there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. It's part of the reason I just stay away from scary horror movies. Because perfect love drives out fear. And if I enter fear, it drives me out of love. So why would I put fear in my life when I want to be loved? It doesn't coexist. Light and darkness cannot exist in the same place at the same time. They can't. They, so you push one out when you bring one in, and that sets a tone for your life of satisfaction and fulfillment. You're like, man, I just want to be loved. I'm going to go watch more horror movies. It's another feel-not-real moment. You feel something. You're like, oh, I just like being scared. I'm going to go to haunted houses and blah. You know, I'm not trying to bash this. I'm just like speaking some truth reality like, ooh, I love being afraid. It's like, no, you don't. You really don't, because then what does it do to your, to your dream time, the time you, that God's, God wrote a third of the Bible through dreams that he gave to people? And if we completely bankrupt our dream life with fear, because that's what we're feeding into our heart and into our mind and our spirit, and that's what manifests while we sleep, we're blocking out the opportunity for God to speak into us. There's real realities of this. If you struggle with fear in your sleep and terrifying dreams and crazy crap like that, figure out what you're setting your mind on during the day. It's probably connected. And it's very unsatisfying to go about your life every day wishing for love and wishing for fulfillment and filling your life with empty things that will destroy you. But somehow our feelings, I need this. I need a boyfriend or girlfriend. I need somebody to make out with. I need somebody to this or that. No, I'm serious. But we know. Look, you know the reality is. You have a feeling that you desire for something, but you know it's not going to satisfy you. But you go for it anyway because at least for the moment it works. Pornography. Yeah, right? Oh, I know, right? Come on. Come on. You know it's not gonna leave you full. You know it. When you go into it, you're like, this is going, like, but something, oh, for, for the three minutes, I'm gonna enjoy this. <laughs> Funny. But you know at the end, it's gonna leave you going, oh, I'm like, I have nothing. And you just go back for more again. Why? Because we begin to live in this instant gratification I want now. And I'll do whatever I can do right now to make me feel good right now, despite what I know. And my feelings override my reelings. That doesn't really work, but I'll take it. My reelings. I just made up a word. All right. You know what I'm saying, right? Here we go. There's no fear in love. John 4. I'm going to jump to this next one. John 4, 13 and 14. i got to find it. I have it marked, but of course it's not going to be as easy to find. 13, and Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. He's talking about a well, you know. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. How good does that sound? How many of you have ever gotten a drink at a water fountain and five minutes later you're thirsty? Well, you're like, and you know that's going to happen. You go get a drink and then you walk away and you're like, man, I'm probably going to be thirsty again in ten minutes. I know, right? Jesus makes a promise here. He's like, come on, receive the water that I give you, and you're going to get all filled up with a spring of living water inside you that never runs out and starts to feed the people around you who are unfulfilled. That's a different way of living. It's called fulfilled, filled to the full. That's what it looks like when you step into relationship with God. And outside of feeling. And let me tell you, there are great Feelings that go with relationship with God. I'm not gonna like write this whole thing off and be like, you shouldn't feel anything. Just be a Christian, okay? But the real feelings that come from a real God who doesn't let you down, doesn't leave you afterwards going, oh, I'm so disappointed. Those of you who have been to our beach trips, our youth retreats here on a Wednesday night and experienced the love of God, you get this like, oh, like it's the best thing in the entire world, and you don't walk out of the room going, man, what a letdown. You walk out of this room going, wow, God loves me, and it lasts, and then you go back for more, and you know it's going to last again, and you dig in for God, and it's like you don't have to, but you get to, because God made that living water, that well of living water accessible to you to well up, and when you're totally feeling like dried out, you're like, I need to go to Airborne, you just go, God, you're in me, I forgot, holy cow, well of living water stir up in me in my classroom. And get an encounter with God wherever you are. You don't have to be here for that. We hope to expose you to things that are possible when you come here. This can't be the only place you experience God because you're going to have to go to college someday. And guess what? If you stay in airborne your whole life, that's weird. I know. All right. But I, yeah, thank you. I'm weird, right? Anyway, no. You get what I'm saying, though. Like, if you just like, I just want to be a student forever, because this is where I meet Jesus. I hope this is where you meet Jesus, but it sure as heck better not be the only place you find him. Or we're not doing anything for you. Our hope is that you would maybe get a, a taste of what it looks like. Throw on some good worship music and press into God and say, God, show up in my life. You guys have, like, gazillions of songs accessible to you at every moment on this little device in your pocket and you can hide your earbuds in class and the teacher doesn't even see it when i was your age i had to have a discman and i only had 13 songs on one cd and in order to get more songs i'd have to like get in my backpack and pull out a different cd and open the thing and pull out that cd and put it back get enough of the cd and my headphones were huge We didn't have these cute little earbuds you could hide from your teacher. Forget it. You could totally in class be like, I'm going to have an encounter with God. This has been a rough day. What you feel or what's real, come on. You can live in like, I'm having a bad day and this just sucks. I'm just going to go home and binge watch some stupid show that makes me full of fear and leaves me unfulfilled. No, but you do it. You're like, oh, that's so silly, man. But we do it. We all do it. You get a moment where your feel takes over and you move, you go home and you just like live in that feel. And you know it's not real. Oh, It's so crazy. There's so many promises I got in this. Okay. John 10, 10. I'm going to flip to that one. I'll try to get through these fast. John 10, 10. I should have just memorized them all. I know. Most of them I do know. I just got to remember what they are. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the fullest. Whoa. Jesus is into this fulfilled thing, satisfied thing. And every single time, it is not attaching yourself to how you feel and what your circumstances are. It's always attaching yourself to, I have a relationship with a God who loves me. And you can have life to the full. And that looks the same in every circumstance you come across. I guarantee it. It's not different for you. Oh, my life is so much worse than what everybody else is. Guess what? God is still the same in your circumstance that he is in the other persons. And for them, it's the worst situation that they could ever experience. So don't compare yourself to other people. Look and go like, oh, God loves me in the middle of this. That song we sang, God is like anchored. I forget exactly the line, but you are the anchor. You're like pfft, God becomes this place where you're like, forget it, waves and wind. Like I'm stuck to the bottom, can't move me. You know, you pull up your anchor. Who knows where you're going to end up? Crashed on a desert island. That's what happens in every movie, right? If you got an anchor, you just kind of go, but in the morning you wake up in the same general area. Pull up your anchor. It gets dark and stormy, boom, desert island every time. They never land on the shores of New York, right? Never. It's always a desert island that no one's ever been on. Anyway, I'm moving on. Or an iceberg. (laughs) Winter, that's good. I like that. Romans 15, 13. I'm going to move on to more of these. I just really want you to pick up that there are so many truths about this that God says, and you find them if you get in this book. If you're like, I don't really know what God has to say about my situation. Once again, it's kind of like, you go to horror movies to feel loved. I don't get it. Don't go to chick flicks to find out what God thinks. Sorry. Anyway. (laughs) They don't exist. All right. I'm kidding. All right. Here we go. This is a really good one. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It comes to trusting God when everything, when all hell breaks loose in your home and in your family and in your situation and in your mind and you're completely depressed and you're at the end of it and it's not worth going, trust Him, not you. Trust what's real, not what you feel. Because your feelings will take you to destruction. What's real will overflow your being into joy and hope. Hope is the opposite of depressed. I don't know that you can be both, hopeful and depressed. Because the minute you feel depressed and you stir up hope in your heart and you go like, oh my gosh, God's going to get me through this. Suddenly you go like, I can make it. And now depression begins to flee because you just stood into what is real, not what you feel at a given moment am i right real versus feel i'm just saying that a lot today okay i got like two more verses i promise here we go john 6 35 it says i am the bread of life i need to look it up because i oh i don't know the rest of it exactly by heart i'm looking it up which one is that six five five i've got it marked boom i should have this totally memorized I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But satisfaction comes in knowing God. There's so many of these. This is the biggest one that I want to just kind of finish with. Last one. In Psalm 37, 4, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. How many of you have desires in your heart? Yeah, right? 100% everybody's got desires in their heart. How do you get them? What did the Bible say? No, what did the Bible say? What? I do, I'll read the verse again. I'll read the verse again because you're missing it. Okay, here we go. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. How do you get the desires of your heart? Delight. Delight yourself in the Lord. It's like having a boyfriend, a girlfriend. You're like, ah, like you get a note from them, and you're like, that's, yes, right? Oh, yeah. We didn't have texting when I was in, like, so we got really creative with our note writing. Does this still happen? I would start in the middle of a page at the beginning of English class because I didn't want to pay attention, and I would start writing a note into a spiral, right? And you're turning the page, and you just keep going until the entire page is filled with words, and then you jump to the other side and jump around, and you go all the way back to the middle of the page on the other side. That's a lot of writing, but, but I was delighted with my love. That's what it – guys – Look, that's what it looks like. It is not hard to delight when you're in love. If you look at God and go, man, what an oppressive, awful being in the sky with lightning bolts trying to strike me every time I screw up. You're not going to delight in that God. Are you? Are you going to want to write him notes? No, you're going to be like, give me like a lightning proof suit. Keep me as far away from that God as you possibly can. That becomes your reality because you feel that God is something that he's not. But the reality of God, like Ellie's picture, is come sit on my lap. And you just go like, "Ah, I'm so filled, fulfilled, satisfied. Delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. It's okay to have desires in your heart. God wired you that way. I'm not here to tell you, oh my gosh, all you should desire is holiness and churchiness and oh my gosh that would just like no like but holiness is something it's a byproduct of a passionate pursuit of who God is for you and he wired you to have crazy desires to play music and to go do crazy extreme sports and and to have a lot of money and he wired you for to be able to be a weapon in this world that's why he put desires in your heart desires are not satanic but when you put your desires before the one who gave them to you you just stepped into agreement with the enemy because he says (laughs) got them stuck in their feelings and they forgot what's real And he gets all happy about that because then he gets you chasing after things that you think are going to fulfill you completely. And you get there in the wrong way because you bypass the delight of God that's supposed to deliver you the delight of your heart. You pass over all that stuff and the devil knows it's going to leave you empty because you didn't get there in the right way. It's the same stuff we talked about with dating and marriage and relationship and sexuality. You jump the gun and skip the marriage part that God designed? The desire for sex is totally cool. It's good. God did that. That was his idea. But you jump the process that God said, delighted me, and I'll give you the desires of your heart. He will release you into a marriage where sex can be the best thing ever. But you, the devil knows if he can keep you in your feel and not in the real, you're going to enter into this thing in a destructive manner because you bypass the process of God that he says, this takes time. This takes relationship. This takes trust. And guys, I was a teenager. I know this is like, it's a hell of a battle. And that's the right way to use hell, okay? It's like, it's like going through hell to battle for your purity in the world that you live in. Not, like, I would say you guys are up against stuff that I wasn't in some ways. Oh my gosh, the internet. We had internet, but it took like 10 minutes to get on it. But do you get what I'm saying? It's this reality that you, like, you get this instant gratification mentality, like, click and ship my sexuality. I just found somebody that I want to sleep with. Good, done. Guess what? We see it. Look, it's evident everywhere in our culture. You know what's real. It's killing people. That mentality does not bring people into, wow, we're together for life. It's like, hey, I got what I needed. I'm done with you. I'm going to go on to somebody that will do better. Oh, what a crooked and twisted reality when you're talking about the most precious, intimate thing you can do in the human experience. Like, oh, I'll just try that one out and try that one out. Like. Try it before you buy it. What a sick, demonic spirit lie. That is straight from the devil. Try it before you buy it. Maybe you don't want to marry someone that you're not sexually compatible with. That's BS. I guarantee sex will work, and you'll love it. I guarantee it. I know, we're right back to February. Here we go, right? But this is so huge, you guys. Do you get this? You bypass the process of God, and it leads to destruction and emptiness and dissatisfied, unfulfilled relationships and feelings, and it's called depression. Look around your culture. Hello? Instant gratification. We should never be sad in this American culture today because we can get whatever we want right now, but why is everybody so freaking depressed? Why are suicide rates through the roof? Why are, um, like, uh, what are they called, mental hospitals like bursting at the seams, they're like kicking people out because there's not room. Huh. In an instant gratification culture, if it really was going to work, why are we so flippin' miserable? That's the thing this guy missed, and this will be my very, very last point. I know we're getting late. The, last, the one thing he missed is, his, he said, worst case, we get all this bad, 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 like it just goes way downhill. He said, best case, we just have a whole generation talking about you that grows up with this inability to experience joy because you just kind of settle into, yo, it's fine. That's BS. Because God said, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. He's missing the key ingredient of what's actually real. He's got good science, but there's not relationship. He has no hope. He just looks at it and says, best case scenario, we got a bunch of boring teenagers that are going to grow up and live boring adult lives and and hate everything about it. That's his best case scenario because he doesn't know that there's a hope in God that's actually, no, like this can actually satisfy you. Stand up for me. I know it's been really long. All right. Galatians 6, 9. Give me, give me your three seconds here. Galatians 6, 9 says, Shh, Do not let us become weary of doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And I feel like that's the word for every one of you tonight. It says, right, in due time, in God's perfect timing, You will reap a good harvest if you do not give up. I say that to your marriages. I say that to your daily lives. I say that to all the things that you desire and strive for and want in your life. In due time, the valuable things of life take time. I'm sorry to break it to you, but you can't click and buy the valuable things of life. But if you do not give up, you will reap the harvest. And we're not farmers, so that doesn't totally make a ton of sense to us. But you know what it's saying. It takes time to grow corn. But you reap a harvest if you wait. If you go and harvest it two days after you sow the seeds, you get nothing but dead plants. You wait for the corn to grow and you harvest it months later in due time. Good things waited for for the appropriate time will deliver a harvest that is fruitful and abundant and fulfills your life and pays the bills. Delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. We've gone really long tonight. I'm super sorry, but whatever. Is that okay? Okay, good. I hope this this is encouraging. I hope nobody's going like, oh, man, this sounds so hard. Just delight in the little things of God this week. Can I challenge you to that? And seriously, if anything in this tonight is you're like, oh, my gosh, I just need help. I need prayer. I can't do this on my own. Yes, you're right. You can't. It's called the holy spirit it's called these adult leaders that love you to death and that's why they give up their wednesday nights to come hang out with you okay there's lots of other things for young adults to do in america on a wednesday night they love you and care about you getting through this in a successful way that's why they're here so find one of them and say will you pray for me will you agree with me will you stand with me will you ask the holy spirit to fill me up i just want what ben's talking about you don't have to understand it just say, I want it. It sounds amazing. Pray for me, and then watch what God does. It's really exciting. It's crazy fun, but put your hands up right now. I just want to bless all of you, and God, I thank you for this amazing group of young people, God, and I thank you that there is a best-case scenario that looks like a group of young people in this room right here who will stand against what they feel and stand on what is real, God, and that with that, you will bring the abundance. You'll bring the fulfillment. You'll bring the satisfaction that you promised In due season, as you've designed them to experience it, God, the desires of their hearts would be unleashed, God, and that this generation would find joy like no generation has ever seen before. God, I hope they whoop my butt in joyfulness 20 years from now that I'm just like laughing my head off, but they're even more happy than me. God, I seriously believe for this generation to beat this depression crap, bring the well and the overflow that you put in them to the friends around them that are dealing with depression and suicidal thoughts and mental institutions and chasing drugs and alcohol and sex. God, God be the overflow in these students in Jesus' name. Bring joy to their culture, God, in a way that they could, that nobody in the science field or the sociology field would ever expect. Let it rise up because you are in this generation and you believe in them. Thank you, Father. Bless them this week in Jesus' awesome name. Amen. This podcast was recorded live at Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.